Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. This is a conversation we had only yesterday with Vigio Pina. You know him as the Vice Deputy Leader of the Partido Socialista. That is the party currently in government in Portugal. And he outlines to us what are their really ambitious plans to tackle their housing crisis. And I just thought it's really important to get this out there right now because our government are currently, you know, faffing about in my opinion. And it's always great to talk to Joe. Do stay tuned till the end and hear the differences between how their economy is doing relative to their society in comparison to how Ireland's economy is doing relative to you and I. Now I have to rattle the bucket. Please, 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 if you're one of the thousands who are listening, throw us the price of a fancy cup of coffee once a month. Click the link, patreon.com forward slash tortoise It's in the podcast you're about to hear. There's something to suit every budget and it helps keep these mics on and these conversations going. We have no ads, we have no sponsors, we rely entirely on you. So do me a favour and just take a minute and have a look and join us for a month and see what you think. That's all I'm asking. We appreciate every single cent we get. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and we are back talking to our friend uh, of the Partida Socialista, the Portuguese uh, government, three-time elected now, member of Portuguese government, uh, Joe Pina. Joe, it's good to see you. How are you keeping? It's all good. We are we are trying to change the world one step at a time, starting by my country, and it, it it's hard to be left wing every day that passes by in this Europe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's becoming a very it's becoming a very small circle of left wing governments. Although your your um your compatriots in Spain, before we get into what we want to talk about today, they seem to the the left vote seems to be growing there if the polls are to be believed. In Spain. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, we are, we are going to have a local local election soon. The question the question is that what Spain what Spain is having is the same thing that Portugal is having. The extreme right is rising, and and the the EPP parties are are losing are, are losing their their cordon sanitaire in what comes to put them in government. Which means which means that, that, that I think that like we talked before, that was the reason why we had an opposite majority. The Portuguese voters got scared of putting the extreme right in government. Mm. But in, in Spain, they, they, they are losing the, that, the, that, the, that fright, which means which mean that I, I, I think it's possible in the next elections in Spain, a government from the, the right and the extreme right to come out of the election. Which is not good for anyone. No, no, but I've seen that there's some of the other, um, oh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it, but I want to talk housing and I want to talk housing because, uh, your government have come forward with plans that have been described as, you know, the most radical in a generation. Um, they're one, one, uh, Irish outlet just described them as incredible plans to tackle the housing crisis. And, um, I went through them, uh, mm-hmm. and, and while there is things that, I, I would say are good plans to do it. I, w- I wouldn't say much of it is is um, is is that is radical as people are, are initially think. But I will say I want to s- uh, ask one question before we start. In Portugal, housing is a, is a constitutional right. Am I correct? Housing is a constitutional right, much more than owning a house. So the biggest debate we have in our constitution is the right to houses versus the right to property. Mm-hmm. So, so, and, and again and again, our constitution, of course, said what prevails should be the, ro- the right to housing, not the right to private property. So, so that debate is also being done in our constitutional court, because what's happening nowadays in Portugal is that, is that, um, people that were supposed to be benefit from these programs are against the programs because they think that one day it might hurt, hurt them. 
It's like if, if our government decides to put more taxes in a Tesla car, the people are against it because one day I might have a Tesla. They'll never have it. They, they, they just need to have a car. But what, what they're doing now is that most of the people that, that, are, that are against are not even homeowners. It's just for, for ideological issues. It's not because it's going to hurt them directly. And I think in most cases, it would actually benefit them, you know? Yeah, okay. So, but we have, in Ireland, we have the opposite. We have no constitutional right to housing. We have a constitutional right to private property, Martin. That is what the big, the big debate we have here currently. It's, it seems like a similar debate, except we haven't started the debate yet. Well, we don't have a, we don't have the counterbalance in our constitution, which is something where we, we've argued for, you know, there's a, there's a campaign to get housing inserted into the Irish constitution. We will need a referendum to do it. There seems to be consensus that we'll do it, but I'm not so sure. But nonetheless, so Portugal starts from the basis that that there is a right to housing. Um, I want to ask a, a very a very simple one of the suggestions that that's in the in the papers is what I've I've called forced to rent. So if you're sitting there, Joe, and you have a property that's just sitting vacant, you can be told you can't use it or lose it. You have and you and you will the state will actually rent it from you. So, so, uh, just, just, just a bit more. I will, I will quote what is in our constitution, which says everyone is right to, to, to housing for you and for his family, regardless, regardless of his, his extended ethnic origin, sex, language, territorial origin, nationality, religion, conviction, beliefs, and political beliefs, ideology, instruction, economic situation, gender, sexual orientation, age, handicap, or, or health condition. This is exactly the words in our in the Portuguese constitution. Jesus, you kind of included everybody in that show. You know, this is Ireland. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> couldn't be including everybody. We could we include everyone is entitled to uh, to have to have house. So at that point, uh, and what comes to to the question that Martin was 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 saying, uh, that's. Our program is a very broad program. It's not, it's not, if people are concentrated in general, it's just one issue. Uh, but, but the, the question started, the question started in Portugal 50 to 20 years ago. Because the state, the municipalities used to build a lot of social housing. So, so there was, there was like fixed, fixed rent housing. Uh, there was house availing for poor families, for low income families. And 15 years ago, it basically stopped. Which which meant which meant that that only the private sector was building new houses. The public sector stopped building houses, and and the the, the number of available houses also because of the crisis of two thousand and eight. So basically, and when it was the the, the real estate bubble of two thousand and eight wor worldwide, they were starting to do not going through that because there was my house that I have was built by cooperative. So which means that the cooperatives uh, uh, bought pieces of land, built built the houses. By by a fixed a fixed um, budget, which means that the houses are not very very expensive. I yeah, so so house. so it's it's like a, like almost like a not for profit developer. It's something like that in that mm. sense. And then th that that stops fifteen years. So so and then the private sector started starting doing what they started doing. It was called speculation. There's nothing more to do with the speculation. And coming to that, also an additional fact that Portugal. Started become very attracted to foreigners. So since you passed the law saying, saying the, that uh, a, U, a, a UK retiree, Irish retiree, a Swedish retiree can buy a house and move to Portugal and not pay income tax for ten years, a lot of them did. So what what happens? We we even have discussions with, with the, the the Swedish tax tax um, IRS and some other 
uh, IRS in many countries because of that, because of double taxation, um, based on the fact that a lot of people moved to Portugal in the last 15 years. I give you an example, just in Algarve, 100,000 people from UK moved there. 100,000 people, we are talking about a lot of people, and, and um, this put pressure on the prices of house. And speculation took care of the rest. So, our program as we start now is going to be, to be done in a different, different path to get to the same point. First of all, we, we, we are tackling public housing. So, our recovery fund, the one that Ireland did not got access, is going to build around 35,000 new houses that they, they are going to put in the market until 2026, that are going to put in the market for, for middle class and lower income families, um, which should be available by 2026 to make sure that at least this tries to lower the number of houses available as well. Also, like I talked in the previous program, we are going to, to build dozens of student, student dorms for, for in the entire country to make sure that dozens of thousands of students that are renting rooms in the cities that have the major universities can shift the student dorms and have those houses available for the market as well. So that's another thing that we are, we are going to do that we, we are starting at now. And then also the Portuguese state has hundreds of thousands of houses empty. So we are not starting by the private sector. We are starting by the Portuguese state. So what we are doing at, uh, right now is that we are concentrating services, we are concentrating departments of the state to make sure that a lot of build, buildings, especially in Lisbon, in Porto, the, the, and the parts of, of the, the cities with more pressure can have this kind of houses available for, to be put on the market as well. And now we go to, to the, the, the real measures that we are, we are um, uh, going to start by what people call the radical, the radical measures. First of all, first measure, the Portuguese state is going to buy all the houses that the Portuguese want to sell to them. And I, I will tell you again, everyone that wants to sell your house, you can sell it to the state instead to a private sector, which means, which means that if they do so, they won't pay taxes on the sale. Just want to, want to be clear to the listeners what that means. So, so if you're putting your home for sale and the state are the buyer as opposed to the, a, a private individual, you won't pay capital gains tax like you would here. And That's it, capital, capital gains. And, 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 and on the back of that, it, it's essentially an incentive to, to straight away start to increase the stock of social housing mm-hmm. that the state controls because that is, that is a key, that is a key. When you want property bubbles, they say you need at least sort of 20, 25% of your stock to be owned by whether it's local municipalities or local authorities or the state itself. And this is one way of starting to, to reverse that trend in Portugal. Sorry, Joe, continue. Yeah, another, an, another issue that we're going to do is that we, we are telling everyone, with, we, as a start, we are telling everyone with a empty house, put your house in the rent market. If, if the person that rents your house um, uh, forfeits on the rent, the state will cover the rent. So what you do is that I have a house to, to rent. I don't want to rent it because I, I'm afraid that, that people won't, won't pay the rent after some time. That also happens in Portugal. What they are doing is that I rent my house. I register my renting contract. And if the person living there does not pay the rent, after three months, the state will start paying the rent until I put it back on the market again. And, and I have to clarify this again, because we've got to remember in a couple of weeks, our, well, as of tomorrow, I think, this, the, our, parliament, our government are meeting to discuss the removal of the eviction ban. And while they're doing that, what Joe's government are actually are, are saying is that when people fall into 
rental arrears. They will help them pay the thing. And, and but it's not just as simple as that, Joe. There is a financial aspect of where you will, the person will, will have to say how much rent can they afford and how much does the state need to contribute to help. It's not. It's not just a blank check here. No, it's not. It's not a blank check, and there are limits. And the rent, the rent can never be more than thirty-five percent of your income, mm-hmm. which which means that even the houses that are put to rent by the state, you it, 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 you cannot you cannot rent a house. The, the new change in the law is that you cannot rent a house to a person that takes fifty, sixty, seven percent of their monthly income just for the rent. That that there's there's also going to be regulations and guidelines to make sure that does not happen as well. And also, also, all the municipalities in the country will get money to, to have coercive um, uh, rehabilitation um, construction in the houses that are more or less not available for, for the renting market. So what, what you do is that you, 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 you have a house in some village that is falling apart. The, the municipality can also take care of that house, do the construction for you, and put the house in the renting market. This also already exists in our in our law for many years, but the municipalities never got the money to do the, that kind of rehabilitation. And now we'll have it now. We're talking about around 1 billion euros that the municipalities in the country will have to start that rehabilitation. So, 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 so a billion quid for derelict properties. We call them derelicts. That, that, that they're sitting there and they need to be they need to be brought back into stock, say, and, you know, made, made habitable. Like, I mean, we've got... We see it all the time where, you know, people, uh, they, there's, there's, un- there's units, we keep calling them units, but homes available, but they're not fit for habitation. You want to bring them back into, into stock. So that's, that's a billion quid for that. One of the ones that you're going to get a lot of grief about, though, is, uh, and it is, is, is the pushback against the sort of short term rentals, the, uh, that's the, the, the Airbnb. You go there. I was going to go there because because the they already campaigning saying that we are you are destroying the tur- the tourism industry you you are destroying the, the 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 what what is now is our bread gainer for the country because because of that we don't think so for a start so the, their first their first strike is going to be during the the, the visit of the pope next 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 August where we're going to have one and a half million people in Lisbon and they, and they are saying that they are closing all the houses during the visit of the pope to put everyone sleeping under a bridge during the visit of the pope so they they are they are they are fighting really hard against us but yeah that's I don't, I don't think that they're going to win at the end because the question is the question is is that we? What we have done now is that when when you have, when we have a license to have an Airbnb, that license stays forever. Yeah. So you, you you have an apartment, you get the license to have an Airbnb, and li- that license stays forever. From now on, uh, what we pass is that by 2030, all the licenses in the country will be reevaluated, and by then you need you you're going to have a five year license. So you have a license for five years, reevaluation, another five years, reevaluation. And some people are saying, but that, that, that in this sense, that makes no sense to have the investment. But what, what's happening is that right now, a lot of them are closed during the entire year. They are just open for the summer months. And, and one of the other things of our program is that is if, if you have an Airbnb and you rent it to a family, you also start paying zero of income tax. Okay. So, so, so I, I, I have an Airbnb. So, so, so can I, I, I just be clear? This, this is also, this is also some what we would call some carrot and not just stick. You know, there's a there's no, an incentive there's an incentive here for for people to say, well, look, you're not losing out on this because you're going to get a tax incentive on the other end. Is that correct? 
Exactly, and and also and also the, the fact that we we have a lot of tax incentives, and most most of of, of the things that people are calling us the, the new Venezuela, like the state is going to take care, of, it is going to own private property, it's going to do all those things. Our we have very strong pri uh, private property laws to defend that as well. That's 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 not what we really want. The question was is to give the, give them incentives because not just this, we are lowering the taxes of all the rented houses in the country. I give I give one example. If you rent a house, you pay 28% uh, of income tax on, on on the on the on the profit of the rent. So you pay 28%. We are we are lowering that to 25. And if the contract is more than five years to 15, and if it's more than 10 years to 10. So so if if you made a contract with a family a, a renting contract for 10 years, you only pay 10% income tax. So we are lowering all the tax brackets of income tax. For people that have long-term renting for for um, for families, that's another thing that they're going to do as well. And the question is now, what it comes to to forcing people to rent houses? What's happening is that Portugal has seven hundred and twenty thousand empty houses. Some of them are holiday homes; those doesn't count. Some of them are are, are used by people in the normal in the normal amount of time. Yes, th th those also don't count. But out of those, we are pretty sure that 500,000 houses could be put in the rent market. And those, those is going to be the other, the other way around. The owner needs to prove to the state that he uses the house not to go to the rent market. So which, which means that if, if that, if that happens, the state takes control of the house, puts the house on the rent market and pays the rent to the owner of the house. And if if the if the, even the house needs some some kind of rehabilitation, that rehabilitation will be profit for the owner at the end. Yes. And the and the and the owner can also can the owner also can choose the tenants. So what's happening? You have a house, the house is put in the rent market, and the state comes to you and says, "We find three tenants for your house." The owner can choose which one of them is going to is going to be to be renting with the house. We also have a similar problem in Portugal for empty land, because mm -hmm. the right wing the right wing is completely against us. But one of the issues of wildfires in Portugal is that we have one million acres that no one knows who the owner are. So in 2014, our right wing government decided to do the same, not with houses but with land, which has the state takes care of the rent of the land, puts the land to to be rented farmers, and you can always have the the, the, the land back at some point, but we have coercive renting also in the land since 2014. This is not like the the. the uh, but but Joe, just on the on the on this sort of what I've called compulsory rentals. So it's what sort of what sort of like time does it need to be vacant for in order for the state to step in and say we need to we need to use it? Is it is it six months? Is it a year? Six months. Six months. Six months. And now and now and now what you're gonna do and now you're gonna do is that the, the Portuguese state is going to, to go through your your water bills and your electricity bills and your internet bills to see which houses don't have any kind of of, of consumes of water or electricity in the last six months and they're gonna start from there. To be clear, to be clear, this also happens already because I did my research. It happens in Denmark, it happens in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, yeah. if you have an, em a, a, an empty house for more than 100 days, you need to tell the municipality that, that the house is vacant to be put in, in the renting market. So some of these solutions are not solutions that we saw in Portugal. Well, I, I, just, I, 
I want I want to talk about the Amsterdam one for a moment because uh, Jude Cherry, who does a lot of work on dereliction in Ireland, uh, herself and Frank have done some brilliant work on it, and she describes it as uh, you're supposed to have either a big, a huge tax on a small amount of properties, or a low tax on a, on a, on a, on on thousands of properties. Either way, you need to force those ta- those properties back into service. She said in Ireland. We have a small tax and a small number of properties, and it doesn't work. That's why we. That's why our uh, vacant tax is is so inefficient. What you're suggesting is similar to the Amsterdam model. It's it's literally strict enough to make it make you say, okay, it's been vacant for six months. I maybe have a maybe you have a genuine reason whereby I don't know. Maybe you have a, a loved one who's out of the country. You have. You know, there's an illness there, and you go through all of that process then, and you can probably, and then, and if it's still not been used, then six months down the road, then you have, then you're faced with a situation where you have to bring it back into into stock. When the state are are renting them, are they then including that as as then social housing, affordable housing? It's uh, that I think we have two separate things about social housing and 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 um, affordable housing. Because we have two problems. We, we have the social housing, we have a problem that we need to have very, very low rents for uh, very um, um, income, uh, low income type of families. Yeah. But our main problem is that we are, we are getting rid out of the middle class. The middle class that has a normal, uh, like a minimum income wage in Portugal cannot rent a house in the city. And it's, get, it's getting to be, I give you one example, like the, the normal wage in Portugal may be, I don't know, 1,300, 1,400. In Lisbon, they are renting rooms for seven fifty a room, yeah. not a house, a room. That's so it's comparable get, to here. That is comparable to here. It's, well, so, well, it, it, it's like, more expensive I, than Madrid and cities like that already. It's it's, so, it's, so. it's 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 not comparable to here, Mark. Because I looked at this before we came on. So we have these things called co-living units, and our co-living units are charging. Some of them are charging nineteen hundred, one thousand eight hundred and fifty euro per month. They are, there is similar ones, smaller, um, in scale in, in, in Lisbon, and they want 850 a month, 900 so, a month. Yeah. So it, it's, 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 it's half the price of Dublin, but it's still something. And Joe, here's the, here's the criticism. You guys, if you have that, you clearly have a presence of the likes of Blackstone and these companies, that these, these institutional investors. And, you know, how are you tackling them? Because if you're going after people with Airbnbs, some of the, the big problems are, are those huge multinational, um, conglomerates of that, like faceless bags of cash that are buying up properties across the globe. How are you dealing with them? We are, we are, we are, we are very, very good in fighting big corporations. That's why we are left in government. We are not afraid of much. We, we want the market economy to work, but we are, we're tackling them. First of all, our, our package also includes a lot of things to fight speculation. First, first, the thing to, to 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 fight speculation is that is that no more no more renting houses can be converted to Airbnbs. So you, you can you can find Airbnbs on a empty house, but what what happens for many years is that they got two houses in the city center where all people live there. They pay them to live, or they force them basically to live to put them in the Airbnb market. That is going to end. The other thing that is going to end: gold visas. That we we were we we were issuing people passports to if you buy a house of, uh, of at least half a million euros in 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 Portugal that is going to end the, the gold visa program is going to end which, which because that that was also rising the prices of of houses in, in Portugal and also the investment funds and and the investment funds that were bulking houses and to keep them empty to increase prices are also having having an hard time with us 
Another thing that we have done is that is that eviction eviction to a, to increase rent is going to be forbidden. What do I mean by this? Is that you have a tenant that pays 700 euros a month and you find someone that pays 1500. You can if you finish the contract of the guy paying 700, the new rent can only be 2% more. So we we are we are going to finish those people yeah. that are evicted you're working. I want again. I want to clarify this for listeners. What I, I've read the detail. What it means is the EU has a, has a target of inflation for the area of two percent. That's what they exactly. said. So what Portugal have said is, well, you can't increase rent any more than the yeah, EU's target. That's when, when you compare not it just, to us. Not just not just increase rent, uh, uh, Tony. It's just it's just the the rent of the new contract. So I'm not talking about the yes, yes, so, 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 the, the so rent. if you moved to Dublin and I moved to Lisbon and I moved into your place and you'd been paying 700, I can't pay any more than 2% Seven, more than that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I absolutely get we, that. We built in a 4% increase. We actually guaranteed well, well, no, a 4% well, increase. Well, Martin, no, we did the rent pressure zones, which were shown that what actually happened was, was new tenancies were, weren't included in that. And when you don't include mm-hmm. the new tenancies, you don't actually, you don't control the rents. So that's where the big issue is. Uh, Joe, just a couple of things. If, if I don't know if you, if you, if you have any answers to this, but what, what is kind of, you mentioned Lisbon being too too expensive now. Like, what what are we talking for um, in in an ideal world? How much would be monthly rent? Monthly rent? Are we talking? Are you going to only talk in terms of income, or are you going to talk in terms of numbers? Like, what you know, is, are you talking about thirty percent of people's uh, monthly take home pay? Thirty five percent? Where where is the target for your government? Sir, uh, the, uh, the target the target for my, for our government is that what it, 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 it's uh, the rules are actually based in the Bank of Portugal. Which is the target of 35%, which is the same, the same target that we also have because that, that, that's also a problem because the Bank of Portugal does not allow you to, to have a bank loan to buy a house that takes, takes the, where the monthly payment takes more than 35%. So that, that's also, that's also an issue because even, even, even if a person has a salary of, of 2000 euros in Portugal and, and his partner has a salary of 2000 euros, they can, it's 4000, they can only take they can only take uh, 35% of that. So 30, 35% of 4,000, it's um, 1,400. So you, you can only pay a, a monthly fee to your bank of 1,400. And that, that nowadays does not get you a nice thousand. Because you, 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 with this, especially with the increase of interest, because the interest went from minus to three and a half now, this means that, that a person can buy a house in Lisbon so two people that have a 2,000 net income in Portugal, especially in Lisbon, can get, get a loan of, let's say, one, one, 150K. 150K right now gets a lousy one-bedroom apartment in Lisbon. So we are talking about, according to our standards, middle class, even high middle class for Portugal, and they cannot get more than a, a one-bedroom apartment in the suburbs. That's the problem that we have now because 150,000 uh, euros nowadays in Lisbon doesn't get you anything anymore. So this and and the question and and the rents go by the same way, which which means that people don't don't have an alternative. And the 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 buying house market was regulated, the renting market was not regulated, and we are now starting to put pressure to make sure that people can should only pay. Uh, in, in the maximum of this of this threshold of thirty five percent, and and also and also just just to finish, and also those people that because of of the increase of of the interest are now paying more than thirty five percent, 
the state will help them as well. So this program is also is going to give money to the families where because of, of the increase of the interest rate, they now are paying more than 35% of their income per month. So the, the state is going to, to subsidize the, the, the house loans for those people that went from 30 to 40, 40% or even more. Your home ownership rate since 2014 to 2020, there was very little change, a half percent drop in home ownership rate. Now, compared to Ireland, that's that's insignificant compared to what happened in Ireland. But in the last two years, your home ownership rate has shot up. I mean, really shot up, 5%. Have you, but have you have the statistics of how many of those are foreigners? No, but that's what I'm asking you. Is that uh, what it uh, is? According, according to our statistics, between 50 and 60% of whole bought, of whole house bought in Portugal was bought by foreigners. Wow. That's the problem, Martin, is that the foreigners are increasing because the question is a Portuguese cannot afford a house of 150K and some, some guy comes from UK or Sweden and says, I'll pay 250, 250K. Yeah. And, and this, this is a real problem. They don't, they, they don't use bank loans. Usually they, they, they pay like immediately cash. And, and this is the problem that we have. Our own, our ownership has spiked. Well, that's a lot that's of what you, that's what you get for giving the golden visa deals though, Joe, as well. You know, you give these people tax breaks and incentives and they're going to take them and then they compete with the local market. And I, I, I you know, I do think, okay, your, your government is acting now. I, I, I'm sure you probably wish you acted two years ago, three years ago already. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. This was look, look this this program started. This program started during our bailout, and and, mm. and by then we didn't care. We we needed an influx of foreign investment. That 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 was it. Like and the question and the question now only now it came it came to the point. But especially in the last two years, uh, it has been really bad because because there there was an influx like Martin was saying the influx of foreign uh, money came so fast and so strong that only now we came to the point that we to tackle this issue. We, 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 gave, we gave the market a chance. Just put it like this. We gave the market a chance. Like the, the right wing likes to say all the time, oh, the market will re regulate themselves. There's always like, they never do. They never do. Because corporate greed and, and, and that's, that, that's, that's also why we believe that ideologically, ideologically the socialist or the left wing should have a market economy, but the state should regulate at some point because it, it comes to a situation that we're having right now. We, it should, we should have acted two years ago. Sure. Absolutely. But now it came unbearable. And, and, and I think, I think also if we made these measures two years ago, I don't think that we have the, the kind of public support that we're having now because only now we came to, to the point that, that the public opinion is saying, even, even with some opposition, the public opinion is saying, Okay, something needs to be done because this is not working for anyone, especially the working class. And if you rely on labor, I mean, to keep costs down within the cities, you rely on labor at being a certain cost. Or, uh, you know, you don't want huge labor costs if you want an inexpensive city. But the catch to that is you must house your workers. You have to house your workers. The question is, the, and, and the question is another reason, another reason that also put a lot of pressure, uh, in Portugal. It's, it's, it's because of our tolerance. I, I will tell you, I will tell you why. The, in, during the bailout in 2000, 2013, we had 4.2 million people employed in Portugal. Now we have 4.9. 4.9. We have 700,000 people that came from abroad to work in Portugal. They all have jobs. 
Our labor market is as best as ever been in decades. Uh, our social security numbers are unbelievable. A lot of people moved to Portugal. A lot of people got jobs in Portugal. We never had so many people working in Portugal as we have right now. So those people, which came, especially Brazilians and people from our, from our, from our foreign economies in, uh, in, uh, in Africa, they all came, they all got jobs, and they all needed housing as well. And, and so the pressure on the housing market was also very, very, very great. And, and what, what we find right now is that, is that like Uber drivers, people like that, we find them living 20, 20 people in a one-bedroom apartment, stuff like that, which is according to Portuguese law, it's not possible. But the question is that they don't, they don't have an income that, that can, can start a house with their family here. Most of them can't. Even, to be honest, even the Ukrainians that came here, 50,000 Ukrainians that came here, also helped increase the labor market. Most of them were IT people that had, had already jobs abroad that they moved to Portugal. They, they all start renting nice, nice, nice houses and they all help to increase the value of the of housing in Lisbon. But, 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 but it's, it's well known, like Lisbon has, got, got, has a good tech sector and it's well known that many Portu many people who worked for, say, Ukrainian companies that also had offices in, in Lisbon were able to just transfer across. And, you know, so uh, I do want to come to one important point. Because I don't know if you saw this in the last few days. Um, if you were listening to this podcast for the last few months, you'd know this was true. But uh, the the Irish economy has been, you know, flying. It's breaking all records. It's the it's the greatest economy in the history of the universe ever. Um, <laughs> but but the CSO said something recently, which uh, which we spoke about, which I spoke with, with Konstantin Gordiev in early January about that. If you strip out the uh, GDP of um, our big multinationals and our tax avoidance network, the real economy is actually in recession. And that is the case now in Ireland. And not only is that the case, but last year, despite having increased in employment up to the highest number of people in work of, uh, we've ever had, we increased the number of people working who were in the at-risk of poverty category by 60%. Six zero. In one year, we increased the number of working poor by 60%. Joe. Your economy is doing very well by European standards. It's probably doing about half the rate of what Ireland is doing. But I put it to you, based on this statistic I've seen, the reduction in poverty in, in Portugal actually happened. The poverty rates decreased in 2022, and the reduction in poverty en encompassed all age groups, although it was more significant for the elderly population. They're at risk of poverty for those under the age of 18, under 18 decreased by 1.9 percentage points and for working adults decreased by 1.6 bear in mind in ireland we increased it by 60 percent congratulations to you and congratulations joe that's an achievement well done we we increased we increased all patients by eight percent we made at least three new subsidies we we we, we have some package to, to tackle inflation especially for, for the elderly and this is some I, I think, to be honest, maybe the, let's call it the model of society is that, is that we, we, we try to have a model of not leaving any, anyone behind. And inflation has increased the, um, the income of the state a lot. And we are giving a lot of that money back to the people. So, so I give one example, like our, our, our inflation is 6% and we increase our pensions by 8. We, we have an index where all, all the, the public subsidies are paid. And we increased that index by 8.5 this year. And, uh, and to make sure, and for us, to be honest, we are very, 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 very proud 
very proud of um, of this lower of um, of uh, po uh, risk poverty, and I think this year is going to be even less. Let's wait for the statistics of 2022, and then 2023 is going to be even less because because like we talk in your podcast many many times, GDP means nothing. If Elon Musk starts living in in Lisbon, uh, the Portuguese GDP will double, and 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 not a single person will be better. Let's let's just tell Elon Musk. Start living in Lisbon, and the Portuguese GDP next year will double. And then we we can all be proud and come to television and say we have a we have a miracle which is higher than the Irish miracle that we managed to double the Portuguese GDP. People are not better; they're not ever better better wage or living conditions. Everyone stays behind, but our our GDP has just doubled. And I think I think that this this is um, one one of of things we need to tackle in in Ireland sooner or later because. I think that that is a bomb that one day might explode in 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 what comes to to the social movement is that you 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 have those high tech companies your GDP is doing great of course but I think I see people um, living worse than they were they were doing in previous years. Oh, well, that that is that is absolutely the truth. And you, you you know we ask this question all the time: What is the benefit of having the best GDP in the world? And the benefit there is no tangible benefit for the people of Ireland. None. None. Our <laughs> services aren't better. Our, nothing we have is better. Everything is worse. So GDP, DP, GDP as a measure of, of societal um, cohesion or societal improvement, it, it has no meaning whatsoever. None. No, no, because it, it it's, it's sometimes in, in, in the small things. I give I give two or three three or three examples. We 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 starting we start we are going to make school completely free for everyone. Every student in the country is going to have, has a laptop since last year. So if you have a child that is in a, in a school in Portugal, they're going to have a laptop. Daycare is going to be free for everyone in the country. We are we are going to have free daycare for every every kid. You have your kid for free on daycare. Starting, we are starting now by phases, but by next year, all of them will, will be done. We had 10,000 old people occupying hospital beds because they did not have a place in the nursing home to be. Do you know how many? This was three years ago. 6,000, almost 10,000 three years ago. Now it's 600. We took 10,000 old people from hospital beds to nursing homes. This, the, it, 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 I, let's call it a, a left-wing social conscience. But I don't think that should be, it should be from being human, not being left-wing. I don't know. And, mm. and as a society that leaves so many behind, we, I think people are fa failing as a society. And, and big, broad numbers about GDP takes you nowhere at the end. It's my opinion. I just, um, before we bring this to a close, I, I, again, let's bring it back to Irish, to the Irish audience. You know, we have to get real about this. We do need, in our constitution, right to private uh, to private property, okay, but we need more importantly the right to housing. It's an international rule. The UN recognizes it, and it's important that we do this. So you know we need to put pressure on that this is something that has to change. We need to get rid of this idea of no fault uh, of of um. Where they re when they reintroduced this eviction ban, and I'm saying you know I'm doing air quotes. It doesn't work on a podcast, but the, 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 we don't have an eviction ban currently. We have a temporary. 
uh, we have temporary pause on no fault evictions. They're 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 going to apparently increase this moratorium, but bring back in the unregulated way of saying, well, actually, my cousin is moving in, my son is moving in, you have to move out. So they're bringing back in that which is not regulated, and therefore I could literally say, my can of coke is my son, and he wants to move in. And you know, we need to get real about this. The things that Joe has discussed here. Not all of those, I think, Joe, you know, I'm not sure how much you'll get all of that true over the next couple of years, but at least there's the ambition there. What, 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 do you, what, what's, what's your final word on it? Do you think, you, you know, do you think you're going to get much of this across the line? I think, I think, when the, I think it, it also the, the depends on the, on the opposition. And, and, to, and to be honest, we, we push the, a more radical agenda because we have an absolute majority. If, if we had to, to rely on government partners or, or, or the kind of negotiation, what happens is that some of the measures started dropping, 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 and 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 in Portugal this is a start, which means which which means that we put these measures out, and until the end of the month of March there will be in public discussion. Every citizen in the country can contribute to improve these measures. So until the end of March, everyone can can go online and say I don't I agree with this. This should be even more radical. This 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 and that, and then only at the end of March we are going to compile. I think our biggest challenge is going to be to have the, how can I put it, the bureaucratic machine to make sure all this happens. So we're talking about people that needs to uh, check hundreds of thousands of houses. We need, we need to make sure that we have enough construction capability to renew houses that, that we can put in the renting market. At the same time, we, we are trying to, to, to make our recovery fund challenging. We have a lot, but by the that's not reasons for us to quit or to be less ambitious in what we want to offer. That that's that's the, my final remark. Now, usually I come away from chance here with a smile on my face, but today I'm coming away from you. I'm just angry at how crap my country is. I'm just angry that we don't do anything. Listen, one last question before you go, and I forgot to ask you. Sicken us all together. How warm is it there today? Uh, today it's 14 degrees, but yesterday it was 21. <laughs> well, it, well, it's, it's all not this and good weather too. The, you know the, now you now you know that why everyone comes here to buy houses of, of 500k. You know because that, that listen, exactly. listen. I know an Irish guy in the market for a place. <laughs> He's looking for a palace for about hundred k. We've got we've gotten rid of them golden visas, Martin. You're your golden years visa. <laughs> Listen, folks, we're back. We'll be talking planning tomorrow with uh, with with Fred Logue. You'll know Fred Logue. He's he just gave um, I say expert testimony, Martin, or expert oh, witness opinion okay. to, 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 ass, to, Tony, to, to the committee. So yeah, we'll talk to Fred tomorrow, um, and we'll hope to talk to Hannah McCarthy, who is on her way to the West Bank. Uh, so hope we talk to Hannah about the situation in Israel and Palestine. Talk to you all very very soon, folks. Take care. Bye bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.